This is the Modern Day Tribe podcast, episode number 20. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Hi there, I'm Sarah, your host of the Modern Day Tribe podcast. We're going to be talking with a birth and postpartum doula today. As you know, I'm a doula, so it is always so special to get to talk with others in the same specialty as my own. Our guest is a certified childbirth educator and a best certified doula, along with being a wife and mom of two kids. She is the owner of DFW Births. Here is Katie Belton. How are you, Katie? Hi, I am so, so good. How are you? I'm good. So I always like to mention how I get connected with a guest. We actually connected on Instagram. You're also in the same area as me as far as work, but also in the same location, like the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So when I reached out to Katie, I, of course, told her about the work that I do too. And I was just so excited because she offers birth work in addition to postpartum. We just started, you know, being in community with other birth and postpartum professionals, and we got connected. So I'm so excited about this conversation, Katie, because one, I've never heard your birth and postpartum stories. I know. And two, uh, of course, we always love talking about birth and postpartum. Yes. I know you have your own birth and postpartum stories, and this might actually be along with what, how you got started in your doula work. So tell us how you got started in your doula work and did that come from some of your experiences? Yeah, so I, um, you know, when I was pregnant with my first, I had no idea what I, you know, didn't know. And I was like, oh, women have been giving birth literally since the beginning of time. And so <laughs> I didn't need to take classes because my body's just going to do what it needs to do, right? Um, yeah. I went to you know, my provider who had been a a provider actually in the office that I had been going to for, you know, since I was like 12, um, because I thought that's just what you do. You just go to the OB that you've been seeing your whole life. And so I did that. And for the most part, my pregnancy was very uneventful. And uh, I had no reason to believe that I was going to have any complications in birth. And so I just, you know, went in, I asked all like the very basic questions and but I didn't really like dig much further. I didn't ask about like induction, you know, procedures and how, you know, how my provider handled all of that or when my provider would recommend inductions and like breaking my water and episiotomy rates. I never asked any of that because I didn't think that it was even important. I didn't even know that that was a thing Mm -hmm. um, at that point. And so I just, you know, had this blind trust and, in my provider. Um, I thought that she's a doctor. She's going to, you know, do what's best for me. She's not going to lead me down a path that's going to potentially cause me harm. And so, um, you know, it came time, I was 39 weeks and five days. And I had always told myself like, Oh, I'm not going to get induced. I'm probably not going to have a C-section. So like, it's not a big deal, but I just don't want to get induced for no reason other than just 
I was like, oh, I don't think you're supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at 39 weeks and five days, I walked into my provider's office and um, we had my regular appointment. And I mentioned something about like, oh, I really hope that you're the one that's on call um, when I go into labor. And she said, well, I'm on call this weekend. And I was like, oh, that would be great if I went into labor this weekend. And she said, well, we can make that happen. And she's like, would you like to meet your baby this weekend? And, like, who wants to say no to that? Like, of course I want to meet my baby this weekend. Like, mm-hmm. that would be wonderful. I'm almost 40 weeks pregnant. Like, I'm massive and uncomfortable. And I'm, you know, having to pee all the time. Like, yeah, let's yeah. get this baby out. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So I went in and I actually, there wasn't any, this is going to sound terrible. And it's a reason why I won't name who my provider was. But she she called the hospital um, and the hospital didn't actually have any room for elective inductions. So like, that's how not serious my case was. Mm. Um, So my provider actually told me um, to go home, get all my stuff together, come up to the office and to make sure that I use the stairs to get to her. So my blood pressure would be elevated. Mm. Um, So she was going to fake me having to be a necessary induction. So that probably should have been a red flag, but I was already so invested at this point. Um, And so I did all of that and I came back and my blood pressure was like barely elevated, but they were like, okay, yeah, we got to get you admitted. So I went and I was induced and started with um, Cytotec the night before. Again, I was like, this is totally normal, right? My provider told me to do it, so I'm going to do this. And Mm -hmm. then the next morning she started Pitocin. And I had like two contractions and she was in there for the second one. And I made a face because it wasn't an amazing feeling. Um, It wasn't terrible, but just not amazing. And uh, she said, you know, we can get you an epidural to help with that. Let me go ahead and get that ordered for you because that wasn't against my birth plan Mm -hmm. at this this point, even though I didn't have a birth plan. But I was like, sure, epidural. I want to sleep while I'm in labor. Let's do it. And so she ordered the epidural. I got the epidural, and I was probably three or four centimeters, maybe. So I got the epidural and went to sleep, and that's how I labored. And, you know, at some point she came in, and she checked me, and I was four, and she broke my water. Didn't It wasn't, like, forced. Like, I knew what she was doing. She said, you know, is it okay if I break your water now? But not being fully informed of what all is, you know, involved in that, I just said, sure. Again, my provider, she wants to do what's best for me. Mm-hmm. So she broke my water. Uh, and I think another, you know, couple hours passed, she came in and she checked me and I was still a four. And so then she mentions like me and baby are doing great. She mentions that, um, I should probably consider having a C-section and my heart like dropped mm-hmm. that second because I just never in my wildest dreams, like would have thought that a C-section was even going to be like a possibility for me. And at that point, that's when I kind of stopped and I asked a question um, because, you know, up until then I'd been doing everything that my provider recommended. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's when I asked a question and I said, you know, well, what are the risks of continuing where we're at? Because if we're fine, we're fine. Why do we need, why do we need to make this decision right now? And she said, "Um, well, because your water has been broken, that she broke it, um, just for the record, Mm -hmm. um, because your water has been broken and you are GBS positive, we are, you're putting your baby at risk for contracting the GBS, um, uh, getting an infection, you getting an infection and then baby getting an Mm -hmm. infection. 
And at that moment, I didn't piece two and two together. But again, that sounded like a very solid reason to have a C-section. And so um, I actually had a nurse that was in there with me. And after my provider left, the nurse, her name was Ashley. She was phenomenal, an angel. And she said, you know, you don't have to make that decision right now. Like, I think that that's probably a premature decision that you're making. But again, a medical, like a medical provider, someone who had been through medical school, had been attended, you know, thousands of births was telling me I needed to consider otherwise. So Mm -hmm. at this point I was sobbing and I actually had pulled a muscle. I was crying so hard. I pulled a muscle in my back Mm -hmm. and it made me feel like it was in my chest. And so then I was thinking like, oh, I'm having a heart attack. So I need to get this baby out. So I was like, yeah, let's just do the C-section. Let's get the baby out. And then the anesthesiologist came in to, you know, double up on my epidural and put the spinal in. And then it started traveling to my face. So half of my face was going numb. And so now I'm thinking, oh, cool. I'm having a heart heart attack and a stroke. Like, great. This is wonderful. I was reassured that it was not and that it was just sometimes people's reaction to the anesthesia. And so then we get wheeled back. My C-section goes really smoothly um, for the most part. My, um, the whole time I'm not really even like anticipating the birth of my baby. I'm just like, Katie, you have to survive. You have to survive. Just don't die on the table right Mm now. Um, and I'm watching my oxygen on the monitor. Like that's really all that's registering with me. And I do at one point remember my provider saying happy birthday, little girl. And she puts the baby directly on my chest. Then, you know, it was still my, the nurse Ashley had actually talked to my provider about giving me a gentle c-section and so they did drop the drape immediately she did go straight to my chest and she was able to hang out there for for a while um, before being taken to the warmer and so that I was very thankful for and that's why Ashley will forever be one of my favorite people Mm -hmm. even though she probably doesn't even remember this you know looking back I you know went to lunch with my friend Keisha Baker and we were just kind of talking about, you know, the story. And at this point I knew she was a doula, but I didn't really know what doulas did. And I was talking to her kind of about how my experience and being my friend, she kind of said, well, it sounds like your provider really didn't set you up to have a vaginal birth. It sounds like your provider set you up for a C-section. And so after that, I just made it in my, you know, put it in my mind that I was going to go for a VBAC. And I had talked to another provider within my doctor's practice, and she had said that she actually recommends VBACs over repeat C-sections if everything looks good. And so I was like, okay, VBAC's going to happen. And next mm-hmm. time I'm going to have a doula, and I'm going to do all of the things to prevent what just happened to me from happening again. Yeah. So fast forward three years. I'm pregnant with my second Mm -hmm. and and I knew I wanted a VBAC. And so I went on the DFW VBAC community on Facebook, the Facebook group. And I just reached out and asked like, Hey, does anybody know of any providers that accept this really crappy insurance within the DFW area that are very supportive of VBACs and the acclaimed midwives were one of the top that were recommended. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to them. I set up an appointment and everything was totally normal. I was given the VBAC calculator and all of that. And my, you know, chances of having a VBAC were good. My risk for uterine rupture was low. I hired Keisha to be my doula, like the second I found out I was pregnant. And so I was like, I'm going to do things the right way. I'm going to get educated. I'm going to make sure that I know, you know, first off that I have a provider that's not rushing to do anything. 
And so, yeah, I went into my 41-week appointment, still not in labor, convinced that I was going to have to have a repeat C-section. Got a BPP done with a, uh, you know, one of the maternal fetal medicine providers at Obstetrics. And he was like, well, everything looks fine. If we're still not, we don't have a baby by Monday. This was Thursday, Friday. This was Friday. It's like, if we don't have a baby by Monday, we'll, you know, come back and check. Okay. Um, left that provider or left that appointment in tears thinking it's still it's just never going to happen for me um and I went into labor that night spontaneously yes yes and I labored for uh 24 hours before my doula joined me the whole time I was convinced that I was going to give birth in the in target on one of the aisles oh Um, (laughs) I was like when are you going to join me and she's like you're doing great everything's fine like you don't need me yet and she was doing a great job, like providing me support, you know, on the phone and through text message. And then around hour 24, I was like, this has to be progressing. Like I have to give birth at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she knew that that was kind of like, I was getting anxious and I needed her. And so she, she joined me and I labored for probably another four hours at home. Um, and then I was just tired. I was really, really tired. So I wanted an epidural to try and sleep because, again, that was not – I was not against an epidural um, at this point. I was actually thinking if I need an emergency C-section, at least if I have an epidural, I'll be awake. And so I went to the hospital, and I was four centimeters. I was so mad and so discouraged. And my midwife that was there actually was very encouraging. She was like, you walked in at four this time. You left and had a C-section at four the last time. Let's reframe. This is great progress. And so then my doula put me to work. She had me walking. She had me sitting on the toilet doing toilet contractions and doing um, some asynclitic work where my foot was elevated. We call I called it the Captain Morgan. I don't think that it's officially called that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone can get it. a good so, visual that way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So... Then I think it was maybe an hour and a half, two hours later, and my contractions were very, very intense, very, very powerful. Um, my midwife came in and checked, and she's like, you're seven. I was like, great, yes. epidural, I need a nap. So I got the epidural placed, and you know, I stalled out at a seven for a little bit, but it wasn't anything that my providers were concerned about or the nurses on staff, and my nurse, was, nurse Dawn, she was phenomenal, and so everybody was, everything was looking great. And then about 10 o'clock, the, another midwife was on and she checked me and she was like, oh, baby's right here. Like, yeah, nope, we're ready for a baby. And I pushed for 30 minutes and she was here and oh she was on my chest and I cried and I did the whole, I did it, I did it. And then I looked down and saw my baby and I was like, oh wait, yeah, this is my baby. I need to connect with you and not just be all excited in my own head. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was just the most beautiful, redemptive birth that I could have ever asked for. Oh, absolutely. It was amazing. And after that, I knew that I wanted to do, I wanted to educate the masses. I wanted everybody else to know what was possible. So I started giving some pretty unsolicited advice to some of my friends. Oh. That, you know, I was trying to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them that had a C-section, I was like, don't do another C-section. Like, you need a V-back. And uh, not realizing that that was not cool to do um, at the moment. Yeah, I just wanted to do all of the things. And I was actually in a meeting with some friends of mine. Um, and one of my friend's husbands actually said, why don't you go and become a doula? Like you are sitting here and this is, this is all you want to talk about. Like, why don't you go do this? Mm -hmm. I was like, 
what? Like, no, that's not, I'm not going to be a doula. I'm not going to take a risk like that. And then the more I thought about it and even prayed about it, I was like, no, this is exactly what I want to do. So I became certified and I started working like immediately I became certified and trained and got certified in May and had my first uh, birth that I attended in August my second in October I had five by you know December and then I was at I think 12 by the end of my first year Oh, good work. and yeah it was a whirlwind of um, you know a change a career change but it has been one of the biggest blessings and coolest things I've ever been able to do. Yeah, I just, it was, I, I just feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, really. It's just fun to know and think back on like the heartache that I felt with my C-section and how disappointed I was. And I mean, I cried for weeks over that. And then to look back and like see where I'm at now, I'm actually incredibly grateful for that birth. I'm so thankful that things went the way that they did because mm-hmm. I don't think that I would be doing what I do now if it weren't for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And knowing how you got started, if someone were to want to work with you, they know that now. And yeah. I always say we always love to work with people or have people be in service with us when they know us and yes. your why and how you got started. It's just amazing. That's thank you. what a beautiful story. And thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. Because we as doulas know that that's part of what we do is we're good right. listeners. And, right. you know, hearing other people's stories, whether it's their excitement. And when you had mentioned when you were celebrating, that was so valid. Because you were, you know, the baby is obviously a big part of our birth, but we are too, you know, the moms are too. In our doula work, we listen to our clients and our our moms and dads and we hear that excitement and sometimes they don't get to celebrate. Sometimes we're the ones that they celebrate with us because they think that everyone else just wants to celebrate the baby and that is so valid and I appreciate you talking about that. That's part of the reason why I started this podcast is just to be able to talk about all the things and, and you talking about your story is just amazing. Thank you. Yeah, there's a, uh, in one of the classes that I teach, there's, we, we go through the holistic stages of labor, and there's this stage in labor where it's the emergence part of, of labor, and mm-hmm. um, it is that moment where you're like, it doesn't matter what you gave birth to, like, it's just, you don't, it could, you know, and our, our trainer always said, like, you could have given birth to a, a goat, and you wouldn't have cared, like, you're just like, I did this, this is amazing, mm-hmm. and that has been being a birth worker and getting to witness these moms go through this transformation and go through these stages of labor and then hit that emergence like I did it. That is my absolute favorite part of the mm-hmm. whole process. Like the baby is adorable. I love babies, but man, looking at that mom's power mm-hmm. and strength, it's like, that's cool. That's why I do this. Absolutely. I just got the chills. That is I did so too. right. Yeah. <laughs> and I teach about it and I got the chills. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of our calling that get chills with talking about those kind of things. Yeah. So, so you've talked about being in the field of birth work and mm-hmm. you've mentioned you offer classes. So what specific services do you offer? 
So I am a, um, like you mentioned, a, a certified birth and postpartum doula. I always, birth is kind of where my heart's at, but I also kind of had a, a tough postpartum period. I had really bad postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Even with my, my VBAC incredible, amazing birth, it was still very, very slap me in the face kind of depression. Mm-hmm. And so I I have a special thought in my heart uh, for postpartum moms. And so um, I do offer postpartum services as well. It's just not as frequent as my birth services. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also, like I mentioned, a, a childbirth educator. And I teach private classes, especially right now because of got the coronavirus and all of that stuff going on at this moment in time. And so my classes have all been uh, just private in-home classes where I come to you. I wear the mask and everything. Mm-hmm. I offer a just out-of-hospital class, which is a four-hour class, um, an in-hospital class for those kind of wanting or not against interventions, but maybe trying to avoid a C-section, some you know steps and things that they can do to navigate that. And that's another four-hour class. I offer a preparing for birth class that is eight hours where my moms who are wanting out of hospital birth or a non-medicated hospital birth, that's kind of what I recommend for them. And then I also offer a a six-week long class, which is about 12 to 16 hours worth of material. That's just really inclusive. It has a lot of comfort measures and, you know, meditations and things that they can do just even during pregnancy to kind of prepare their bodies for birth. So, yeah, doula and um, childbirth ed. That's great. In just a minute, we'll mention all the ways that anyone could get connected with you. And you said you come in their home to offer the classes. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes, is it correct that you offer online courses too? Yeah, and that's actually a new thing that that wasn't a thing before COVID. And so we actually started offering an online option for preparing for birth. And you can go through me and sign up for the classes. And then you get me as your educator. And while it's a, a, a thing that you access at your own leisure, you can listen to the podcasts. And that's not a podcast you would find on like Apple or anything like that. You would have to go through preparing for birth through an educator Mm -hmm. you can listen to the podcasts whenever you get around to it and then we would come together through zoom because it's a virtual option Um, we would come together through zoom and we would just kind of go over any questions that you might have anything that you might need clarification on and so you still have that one-on-one like experience with an educator but if you kind of are more interested in a very inclusive childbirth ed class Mm -hmm. that might be the option for you oh that's perfect yeah it's really cool how would somebody get connected with you I have a website, dfwbirths.com, and you can actually go there and access all of my information. There's even a form that you can fill out. It's a contact form where it'll email your information to me, and Mm -hmm. I usually reach out through text messaging just because I feel, or give you a phone call or email, but I usually, my initial contact is usually through a text message. And, you know, we set up a time to chat about kind of your desires and you know, why you're wanting a doula. You can also email me at dfwbirths at gmail.com and I can get in contact with you there as well. Okay. Yes, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram. Actually, I'm not on all of the things, but I'm on Instagram and Facebook for sure. Instagram, my handle is at dfwbirths and then the same for Facebook. Uh, my handle is at dfwbirths. Perfect. Those of you guys that are listening, maybe in the car, I will include all of those things in the show notes so that we can get a hold of Katie. 
She is absolutely fabulous. You can hear it in your voice, Katie, that you just have a passion for this. And I always say that, you know, I'm only one person. I know I can't help everyone, although as still as we want to change the world and and help everyone, but we can't. So that's why I love to have good resources like Katie to be able to send clients to, for example, I don't do the birth doula work, at least right now, to send them your way when I don't offer something like that. And then, so I'm excited to be able to connect with you and have our listeners hear your story. Just so grateful for you. So thank you so much, Katie. Thank you. And, you know, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, we're we're all in this together. We're all on the same team. We want the best outcomes for moms and babies. And, you know, and it really starts with, with the outcomes for the moms. And so we're not in competition, right? We are, sure. uh, we're all working together. And even, I have to say no at some point. So I need people to, like, delegate out to and say, like, hey, try this, try this doula. They're an amazing doula, um, whether that be birth or postpartum. So I think that what you're doing is so wonderful and just bringing together this community of birth workers so that we, we can continue to encourage each other and as long as there's enough of us we can change the world that's so, right um, I think what you're doing is phenomenal and I just thank you so much for this opportunity to get to share a little bit of my world thank you Katie and I really appreciate it yes thank you if you want to hang out with me on other social platforms you can find me on Instagram at Dallas Dula Sarah on Facebook the modern day tribe and on my website themoderndaytribe.com. And if you loved what you're hearing, please leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts and share it with your friends and family. These reviews and five-star ratings help this podcast get found by more listeners and parents that are also looking for support and guidance.